listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna for this week's edition of The Boys Are Back, the show that we're going to be sharing between the Chronicles of Aguna and Lee Judges TV. The link is in the title. Make sure you click on it. Get over to Lee Judges TV and subscribe if you haven't done so already. I'm sure you have, but if you haven't, make sure you do it. Uh, ASAP. North London Derby victory. Plenty to be positive about. I can't wait. To hear Dan Potts praise Mikel Arteta, praise Granite Xhaka, praise them all. I'm really, really looking forward to it. Uh, joining me this evening, uh, welcome back, Mark. How you doing, mate? I'm good. You? <laughs> yeah. I say I'm a lot. Do you know what? I'm a lot better than I was yesterday. Oh. I, woke up, I woke up a bit ropey yesterday because I had yeah, a, a wedding all day Saturday, and then um, I woke up for oh no. But if you know North London, that atmosphere, I. I, you know, I mean, I could have fallen asleep on the way up there, but it was just buzzing about the day, buzzing, and a uh, couple of beers before was as much as I could stomach, just the two, and uh, what a day! But uh, yeah, let's get into it. Let's do it, Mr. Potts. Welcome no back. How are you? No, no cheese. No cheese. No, no cheese. cheese. No, 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 I've got cheese. No crackers. Kids, kids have destroyed them. Is it because you've got no petrol to go and get the crackers? No, I'm all right for a few. I'm all right for a few. We're all right. We're all right down this way. We're all right. Oh, mate, here it is an absolute nightmare. Yeah, I couldn't even I take my car to the game yesterday because. Well, that was the worst thing about it. yesterday. It took me. Uh, it took. It took on the bus down, didn't it? It took us for uh, what was yeah. it? Forty minutes to get from Stanford Stanford Hill uh, past Frisby Park because obviously we realised near the pins is that bloody P-P garage, garage. and it's bloody queuing all the way back past. Ah, uh, anyway, nightmare. Mr. Potts, how are you, mate? Yeah, yeah, buzzing, man. Uh, unbelievable yesterday, wasn't it? Brilliant scenes. No Arsenal fan in the world can be disappointed with what happened yesterday. Whatever you think of the club in terms of Kroenke or Arteta or processes or whatever, you've got to be happy with that, man. It was uh, outstanding. So buzzing, looking forward to talking to you boys tonight as always. And uh, yeah, I can't wait for it, man. Let's get into it. Yep, let's do it. Welcome, Mr. Judge. Uh, did I spot you sitting in the prawn sandwich seats yesterday? No, I don't know about that. Yes, I, just yeah. to, I just want to say, we've won 3 1, won the North London, and they're moaning about traffic. I can't believe you've got to about. You know what Never I mean? happy. Never uh, happy. What was it a moan about yesterday? I said I had a few beers last night. Oh, I, I'd had a few, you know what I mean? So, um, do you know when well, you have an Full ones. I, had just full pint. I was on the old full pints, pints last night. Uh, before and after the game, do you know when you when you're drinking, you know you've had enough, and, and you're not enjoying it. Do you know? Do you know that feeling? <laughs> it's time to go home, but I was still buzzing. I couldn't get out. You know, what I mean, we just stayed for another half hour. The train every every half hour the trains. Oh, we're getting the next half hour one. It was just a great, great day. Great, great day. Great day to be an Arsenal fan. I can tell you, like, listen, people know what I feel about Mikel. He's got a he's got to win me over. But I tell you what, he plays like that every week. He win me over within a, within a flash. I'm telling you, that was absolutely superb yesterday. Listen, he got everything. He was under pressure. I tell you that we, when when that team list team come out, there was a lot of people going, "Oh, you know, on his head, be it if we lose, this is it, and all that." Like you know, he got a lot of pressure under Mikel on that game. He come through, and the players come through for him, like you know, and and um, 
spot on. You got everything spot on. Yes, I have to say that. You know, um, um, well played to the players. Well played to uh, Mikel Arteta, and well done the fans because that is, was absolutely electric in there last yesterday. It was absolutely electric, and uh, it's I don't know what's happened with the Arsenal at the moment on the home games. Every one of them's been great, but that just just took the biscuit yesterday. Like you know, that took the cheese, the cheddar, that took everything. Like, you know what I mean? He took Mark's crackers as well. That's why he took Mark's crackers. <laughs> but Mark, we've talked about cheese, we've talked about crackers, we've talked about petrol, we've talked about traffic from Stamford Hill. But what did you make of the actual game itself? Really good performance, wasn't it? Well, Tottenham fucked up bad, didn't they? That was. Sorry, sorry. What are we two minutes? Me, sorry, no mate. Oh, sorry, Harry. I've just done your bottle of wine. Sorry. It's all right, mate. I'll forgive <laughs> you. I'll send it to you in a post. It was worth it. The uh, um, <laughs> what's it? What was I saying? Oh, that's how bad Tottenham were. I mean, we could we could sit here and rant and rave about how great we were all day, and I'm sure we will. I'll let I'll let Dan talk about how great Jacker was, and Lee can crack on with that. You know, I'm, I used to be a defender, so I, I, I appreciate the fine arts of the game. And, and when I'm, you know, I like, I like to watch what the boys are doing at the back. And I have to say, um, that back five is superb to a man yesterday. Um, you know, Gabby and Ben White look like they're getting together. Um, Tommy, Tommy, you know, we talked, we talked about partnerships, didn't we? You know, week before last or what have you, about people getting an understanding and playing together. And um, Tommy and Saka, they look like they could do that down that side. And Tierney, we know his quality if he keeps fit. And Parsi was absolutely amazing. But Xhaka, you know, he, he played a major role in, in, in the figure. It was the second goal. We won the ball on the edge of our box and spun us. And we, we, we were slicing through him, but... And Ramsdale, another special mention, just very quickly for him, he's he, he's a character, really. You know, I was watching him when the ball wasn't really in and around his sort of area. You know, what he's doing when the ball's at the other end of it, he's a bit of a loon. He, he's he's a bit of a character. I like him. Um, watching him live, you don't, you know, because you watch it on the telly, you get you follow the screen, and and you don't really see what's going on. And and he is he's bigger than I thought. You know, that everyone says that when you, when you watch them live. The same with Tommy, actually. He, he's bigger than I thought. Um, we've got some real physical presence in that side now. Um, but yeah, he reminds me a little bit of Jens Lehmann, that Tommy. Um, yeah, no, I just, I loved it. I loved everything about it. I loved, it. I loved the whole day, the occasion. He, he reminds you of Jens Lehmann, no, 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 the, the goalie, Ramsdale. Oh, you said Tommy. I was like, what's he talking about? No, 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 no. No, I said, no, I was, I'm, I, yeah, no, I went off, went off on one then, didn't I? But uh, no, Ramsdale, he, he was, he's, his character is a bit eccentric, you know, the way he's sort of barking orders. and, and uh, he's, But he's comfortable with the ball at his feet, but he's a bit nuts. I think he is a bit nuts, you know. He reminds me a bit eccentric like Jens used to be, you know. So I think he'll grow into that shirt. He'll grow into that role. He's definitely number one for me now. Um, but yeah, you can't you can't overlook the fact that Tottenham got that drastically wrong yesterday. How they expected to turn up in a North London derby away from home with one holding midfielder, Hoybier, doing all the dog work, um, and having and and Don Bele and Ali really doing not a lot. I mean, that, they've got that badly wrong yesterday, badly. Yeah, I don't think and even broke into a jog yesterday. If I'm being honest, so if I was a Spurs fan, I'd be very frustrated with him. But Dan. Yeah all the good things that Arsenal did because there was plenty and and I guess for me 
the biggest thing was, yes, Spurs were poor. Yes, they left holes and we exposed them. But when we got into those positions, we were clinical. That's what we've been missing for so long. What were your, What was your take on the performance? Yeah, no, you make good points, Harry, because... They were dreadful, by the way, Spurs, I thought, in the first half hour. It was <laughs> it was actually laughable how bad they were. But you can't take away what we did. We destroyed them. And, uh, and, and to batter them is always fun. But to actually do it in a little bit of style uh, when you beat them is always nice. No matter what your outlook is at the moment on whether you like Stan Kroenke, whether you don't, whether you want Arteta in or out, you can't be an Arsenal fan and not enjoy yesterday because this is what this is all about you know we haven't been able to go into the stadium for so long um, and now we're allowed back in everyone was looking forward to this game weren't they and of course this is the fixture that we all look forward to or one of the most and although it is a little bit like going to the dentist the North London derby when you come out of it on top you're always absolutely loving it and I thought yesterday there was in particular some amazing performances and I thought you know I said yesterday it's really hard to pick them out of the match it was you know I didn't know if to go for one of the blokes up top one of the blokes at the back, one of the blokes in the middle. Everyone could have got a mention yesterday. It was that good, you know. Aaron Ramsdale made some amazing saves yesterday, but no one mentions that because obviously it was up top that we were scoring the goals. But I thought he was so important, you know. Unbelievable tip on the bar, really good save in the first half from Son, and he deserves a mention because he looked commanding and his distribution is so much better than Leno. It really is. He just seems to be able to get an understanding of when to play out from the back and when it's not safe to do so and knock it long and. I know that he nearly come unstuck, which we actually scored from in the end. Everyone went, oh, no, he's giving it away. And then Chaka won it back. If you think that's a foul or not, fair play. But it wasn't, so let's move forward. And, and obviously, we got a goal from it. I think the front boys deserve a mention because, like you said, Harry, they were clinical. They finished away their chances, which is something they've been doing for quite a while, even into the back end of last season, fluffing their lines. And to take the chances that we did, I thought was great. Um, but the two players I want to mention... Tommy Asu and Thomas Party. I can't quite decide who I want to give man of the match to out of those because as much as Martin Erdegaard deserves a mention in terms of his work rate and how much he controlled that midfield, I thought head and shoulders above the rest was Tommy Asu and Thomas Party. And some people will point to the finger and say, oh, Tommy Asu's fault that we, Son scored the goal. Perhaps you could be really like, if you want to pick out some criticisms, then I suppose you could do that. But for me, Thomas Party is so good. <laughs> It is unbelievable how important he is to this side because we can talk about how good Granite Chackle was if you want. I don't mind admitting that he was fantastic yesterday, but I don't think we should forget. How, <laughs> I don't think we should forget how outstanding we do have in a player that sits right next to him. This guy was so good yesterday; it was unbelievable. And I sometimes sit and wonder why is he here? Like, how the hell did we get this guy? He is that good when he's fit. He could take us to the next level. That's how, that's the sort of player quality he is. I don't look at many other players in the last few games and think, you know, who was better than Thomas Pye? There wasn't one. There isn't been one for the last few games. This guy is so good against Burnley, so good in games that he plays, so good against uh, Tottenham in the North London derby. And Tommy Yasu, by the way, you know, I looked at the team sheet and I thought, why the hell is Granite Xhaka playing and why is Pepe dropped? But it worked. Because Saka, I've always said, gives us balance on that right-hand side. But I think Pepe deserved to be put on the left-hand side ahead of Smith-Rowe. The reason that I'm now saying it worked was because it was brilliant with what we saw with Smith-Rowe and Saka's work rate either side of Erdegaard. But Tommy Yasu was so important to Saka's performance. So 
there was not really a bad player, is what I'm trying to say. Everybody was at least a 7 or an 8 out of 10, and a few of them, I think, deserved a 9 or even a 10. That's how good Thomas Partey and Tommy Yassi were, as far as I'm concerned. To go 3-0 up, I think the last time we did that was under Arsene Wenger in, was it 2016 or 17 against Man United and Liverpool, where we were like 2 or 3-0 up within the first 15 to 19 minutes. To go there 35 minutes in and be 3-0 up, I don't think anybody said they would have expected that. That was a fairy tale first half, and really the game was over. So hats off to Mikel Arteta, hats off to the team, hats off to the fans who I thought were electric in the stadium, and let's have more of that, please, moving into the next three games, because that was outstanding. It was judge. It was kind of flashbacks, wasn't it, to the peak Wenger days? Those that early explosive start where you're kind of half an hour in and you know that the game's done. I mean, it just felt like a throwback for me. And and we've all mentioned the fans and how great this atmosphere was, how electric it was. Just the whole package yesterday was fantastic. It was the perfect storm, wasn't it? It was perfect. Tottenham Hotspur. Let's just have a little talk about <laughs> Tottenham Hotspur Football Club and their fans. In August, I had messages going, you will um, have to do your goal of the month with your ladies team, right? Taking the mickey because we hadn't scored a goal. We are now above them on goals scored. You can't make it up. You can't make it up. You can't make it up, Spurs. They never learn. The gift that keeps on giving, they never learn and they never will do. Do you know what? They've lost their last two games, 3-0, 3-0. Went on a Tottenham channel the other day and they were all going, yeah, we're going to win 3-0, 2-0 and whatever. Have they not watched what I've seen in the last couple of weeks? You know what I mean? It doesn't happen. Do you know what? It's just, they're deluded. And then they come there, right, with a with a game plan of playing four forwards against us and no midfield. You know what I mean? When we've got Party and Shaka in there. Oh, my God. Thank you very much, Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. Like, yeah. The fact of the matter is, Arsenal, we haven't done well in it. We've, we've, what we've done in the first two games, and we said this was, okay, it was against Norwich and Burnley. You've got to set um, a lot of foundation, start putting, building bricks in, because that is what you needed to do um, to get a little bit of confidence back. And then you move on to the next level. And then it, it's like playing FIFA. You go up in stages, one, two, not like Tottenham. They want to jump into, into stage five before they've even started. Well, they got snuffed, and quite rightly so. And I never knew so many Spurs fans were golf fans. I can't believe it. Like, you know, I mean, they've all started going, yeah. <laughs> they, got stuffed in, they got stuffed in that and all. Yeah, they got stuffed in that. You know what I mean? They'd be saying, like, you know, I'll tell you what, like, so they've gone over from the arse to getting stuffed against the arse, and they didn't do how much, didn't do our Europeans much because they got stuffed again. You know what I mean? They're no learning from this team. And Andy you know Joshua I mean? was at the Tottenham like Stadium that. late at the weekend as well, wasn't he? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, AJ he had all the titles, and he goes. Uh, someone, someone asked me, "What do you think um, AJ's got to do to?" In, in, in a, I said, "Change venue." You know that'll help. You know what I mean? Like because it's a loser's ga- it's a loser's gaff. You know what I mean? Like nothing good comes out of that. You know AJ what I mean? Went spurs, you know, AJ went away fans when they're leaving at the end of the game. Unbelievable. <laughs> you know, I, I'll tell you what. I, I love it. Like you know. Uh, uh, absolutely ripped them all over the place, you know what I mean? Like, and I will have to say this, Mikel Arteta got his spot on. So I've, I've said for a long while that, you know, Pepe, I've, I've criticised him and whatever, like, magnificent talent. But the reason that he we played so well yesterday is because we when we hit him on the break, we was quick. He slows things down, you know what I mean? Like, as good as he is, he's not one of those, unless he's going to 
put it on there. I do agree with Dan, a little bit harsh though, because soon as soon as um he gets dropped, he puts Saka over to the right, who is much better on the right than he is on the left, and probably like it would have worked. But I have to say, Smith Rowe was brilliant yesterday with his creative running power and everything like that. As I say, Ulegaard, magnificent in there. I'm going to say about Tommy Asu, you know, I thought he'd done, he played really well again yesterday. He's just settled in so quickly. You know what I mean? Like, he's just mm. come in there like, and, and he, he looks like the proper player. Tierney, by the way, that was his best game yesterday. He was back to his best. But I think we've got, as Dan alluded to, we've got stability now with, with Gabriel. Gabriel coming back into the team gives us a massive lift. You know what I mean? Like powerful, strong, quick. Alongside him, Ben White, who's a little more cultured, if you know what I mean. And then in front of him, Partey. And then Granite Xhaka. Now, everybody was crying out and going mad about that. Granite Xhaka yesterday proved to his manager why, that, why he rates him. Because that could have all gone wrong yesterday for Granite Xhaka. But he didn't. He was superb in there yesterday, like, you know. And um, I, I looked like he picked up a bad injury at the end of it. like. But what I will say is if, if Granite Xhaka does get injured, play that same system you've got, like... Um, uh, Lakonga to come in there next to him. He'd do really well. Like I'm going to just call him Sambi. Like you know what I mean. Like I've got, got to be really careful of that because his family was next to me yesterday. Like you know what I mean. So I didn't. Oh, and he <laughs> wasn't sitting in the prawn sandwich season. Yeah, well, yeah like, you know what I mean. Like apparently, uh, apparently, uh, with Granite's new um, contract, he's got a box. You know what I mean. So he's moved off of. Uh, he, uh, and along comes. Um, You'll be up there soon, then, Lee. Uh, no, you know what I mean. So well, we've got um, we've got like the the uh, Congas there now. Like they're very nice, by the way. Very nice. So um, you know, uh, um, but ultimately, look, three 0 at half time. Do you know what? Though? Am I am I am I a cynic in this or whatever? Like, but I thought I was sitting there, drinking a cup, drinking me old three pint at half time. Sorry about that. I drink me old three pint at half time, and I'm going. It's ain't over yet. We've got, you know, it's this first 10 minutes is crucial. We've got to make sure we don't concede in that first 10 minutes, you know. But, mm. oh, a fair play to them. Like, oh, even when they come out, I think we controlled it. We controlled the second half. And people are saying, uh, oh, we should have gone on one, four, four or five. Listen, I'd have bit your hand off for free one at the beginning of the game. So I'm more than happy about that. And uh, listen, it, winning an off London derby helps the manager. Uh, no end, you know what I mean? I think if he'd have lost that, the fans would have turned on him. Winning it, he's got another little few credits in the bank and fair play. As I've always said, he's a lucky boy, that Mikel. He's lucky he's got everything going for him this point. I'll give him that. And he's got lady luck as well. He never I ceases to amise me, Lee Judges. You know, he's, we got, he's, he's had a dig at Pepe. He's bigged up Granite Chaka. Look at what is happening here. No oh, mention no. of how good part he was. Nothing about Aubameyang. It's all about Chaka and Pepe. I'll tell you what, I've got, I will say this about uh, Aubameyang yesterday. That, you know, I, I, I said before, he had to step up to the plate yesterday. And he yeah, did. He was class. He, he was, was class. class. Sharp with his work rate, touches. He had more touches, I think, in that game than he's had in the last four or five games. He was back to his best. And I'm going to say it now. I love the celebration. Yeah, class. Yeah, me too. No, Spurs just slide into your DMs. Didn't they? Didn't they throw? Didn't they throw a banana at him a couple of seasons ago? A couple of seasons ago. There's probably that added edge from Abamyang, like to do that and stuff. And fair play to him, you know. Um, I enjoyed watching him sort of humiliate them. But I guess, you know, for me, Aubameyang was the man of the match, in my opinion. I know you guys have mentioned some other players, but I just thought, as you said, with his work rate, with his effort, I, I thought he really set the tone for the press. I thought that he led the press brilliantly. 
And what he did as well, really well, was I think he pulled into the right spaces. You know, sometimes we've seen him play as a centre forward and look like a bit of a passenger, or we've not been able to get the ball into him. But he kept drifting into slightly different channels and getting on the end of things. And another point that I think a lot of people missed, and I noticed this today when I watched the whole game back, we talk a lot about Ben White being the cultured centre-back and the one that's going to progress the ball from the back line. Actually, yesterday, three or four times, Gabriel played some fantastic passes into those channels for Aubameyang to run onto. Um, You know, everybody was fantastic yesterday. But just before I come back to Mark, on the manager... I've got to say, look, look, I know I've been quite a bit more supportive of Mikel Arteta than others, but watching him celebrate the goals like he's one of us, that to me was was so good to see. Like, And after I saw the replay of how he celebrated the first goal, I've got to admit, when the second and third went in, instead of watching the players celebrate, I turned straight to see what Mikel Arteta was doing. I, I just think there was a mixture there of, of relief because of the pressure he's been under. I think... When you look at that, you can't question how much he cares or how passionate he is about succeeding at this football club. I think it's been a really difficult start to the season for him. And I think he's spoken quite openly about that, hasn't he, in recent interviews about how, yes, it's happened now and now we need to kind of learn from it. And I think there's a sometimes when you go through adversity, unity comes out of the back of it. And I, and I can't, you know, when people say that Aubameyang doesn't want to play for him and that this player doesn't want to play for him and that the players are confused. Yesterday, it was clear what their instructions were. Everybody followed it to a T. Mm. There was a team spirit. There was a desire. There was, everybody was helping each other out. Everybody was singing from the same hymn sheet. And I think now this is his team. We're going to start to see uh, a little bit more progress, or at least the progress is going to become a little bit clearer. Just finally as well, Granite Xhaka, um, a couple of people in the ground that sit around me said to me and literally said these words to me before kickoff, he is going to lose his job because he's picked Granite Xhaka today. And in my opinion, Granite Xhaka was was still the safest bet in midfield. Out of Lakonga and El Elneny, which were uh, Maitland-Nars, which were the other alternatives, Granite Xhaka was the safest bet. Mikel Arteta bet on him like he has done so often. And yes, he's had a few shit moments, Granite Xhaka. But for the most part, he has done a solid job for Mikel Arteta. You've got to say that. And I'm glad he came in and he performed. He wasn't amazing. like He wasn't Thomas Partey level, but he did his job. And and that's what you want to see. Um, Mark, do you feel now like Arsenal have turned a bit of a corner or is it too early to say that? Yeah, I mean, it's only three games and, and um, but this, you know, it's a result business and it? so you, you, all you can do is win your next one, win your next <clears> one. <throat> We've got a tough one coming up. We could potentially be playing top of the league. Um, depends how this next 90 minutes gets on or next hour gets on with these look but in the M23 derby. Um yeah, they're a good side. Brighton is quite similar to us, aren't they? The way they set up and play, and you know, we've got we've got better players. We would hope in the system, or certainly players of greater value, um, trying to do the similar sort of thing. Really, we could we could end up cancelling each other out at the weekend. But yes, it's about momentum. It's about consistency. You'd be disappointed if the players couldn't galvanise and get up for a North London derby. That would be hugely al- alarming. Um, so it's at least we expect and it's what we've always said you're, you're looking for performances not just results and we have after the international break where 
You know, we've said before, we've decimated, played two of the best teams in Europe, not just the Premier League. And by the way, we got a, uh, you know, we didn't get a great result at Brentford, what have you. You know, but, you know, I'm pretty sure that the, you know, Liverpool went there yesterday or Saturday and they, I don't think they got a great result either, did they? So it's not looking that bad now, is it? You know, we know these clubs that come up, every game is their cup final. They all, they do well, Sheffield United, you know, you you could these teams they come up, do well for the first year, struggle the second year, and then off they pop again back to the championship for a couple of years. So yeah, we know Brentford will do well. They do, don't they? They they they. they, they you know what was interesting today? I heard someone actually. I think it was um, uh, Norwich are now describing and now celebrating the fact that they're one of the big twenty in the top twenty six clubs. In the, in the country, right? So what that means is they're actually accepting, and this is what we said about the Premier League being not being a closed shop, but it, it kind of is because of the parachute payments, and Norwich are kind of accepted that that's their their business model, that they will stay up for a couple of years and will go down, and, and, and Brentford, they're hoping to do that before they can build to stay, you know what I mean? So... Yes, we hope we've turned a corner. We've got a settled side. We've certainly got a settled back five, which I like the look of. If Party can stay fit, and that's a big if. Tierney can stay fit again. Um, you know, we talk about Shaka coming in yesterday, and he done well. Keep, we know he can lose his head, but Sambi came on the pitch yesterday, and he got booked within five or ten minutes. So maybe it was a good job he wasn't on the pitch for any longer, because would he have stayed? You know, he, he seemed a bit pumped up when he came on first first derby stuff like that. So. Yeah, it was, it, we hope, don't we? We're looking for consistency. I mean, I look down the next our next fi- uh, fixtures we've got coming up right the way down to Liverpool. We've got some tough ones. Obviously, Brighton next. Um, I think we've got Leicester in there. But in all joking aside, I don't see any reason why we can't get sort of 13, 15 points out of the next 18 available. I, I, I'm serious with that. You know, we, we can do that if everybody's fit and available and the system, if they keep playing the system and keep working for the manager, there's no reason why not. Dan, one of the things I'm a little bit worried about as an Arsenal fan is that, you know, we started the season poorly and there was this huge negativity around the club and a lot of it was justified. Some of it, in my opinion, was a little bit over the top, but a lot of it was justified. Now we go to Brighton and Brighton have the opportunity tonight at the time of recording to go top of the Premier League. Okay, so they're no mugs this season. They've looked very impressive. If we go to Brighton and we get a point, I think that's a a decent result, given that we've beaten Spurs. If you'd have told me at the start of those two games, I'd take four points from that. I'd be delighted. But I always worry that if we don't go and get all three points at Brighton, people are going to start again and say, look, Arsenal just back to normal. It's the same old Arsenal. You know, they're not... They're not as good as we think. And, and the other day was a little bit of a red herring. But I think we've got to be more realistic about how we assess Arsenal and understand that winning yesterday doesn't make us, um, you know, all of a sudden top four contenders. But equally, if we don't win next week, it doesn't mean that there's been no progress. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I mean, you know me, Harry. I'm not a very negative man. Do you know what I mean? So uh, No, not, like at all. At, not at all. I like to look at things positively. Do you know what I mean? Um, but... In all seriousness, with Brighton, you you do have a kind of point there. You know, <laughs> judges, you do have a point there because they are playing very, very well. And I'm a massive fan of their manager. I like how he's getting the best out of his team, and he's got a real attractive style of play, and he and he's playing very, very well. 
That doesn't mean that we should be scared of them, though, because we are the Arsenal, and in my opinion, we have a team that is a lot better than Brighton. So there's no excuses for me than anything but three points. Now, I know you're saying that a point won't be a bad result, and of course it won't, but I don't give them the excuse that, do you know what, Brighton are doing well, so you just go and take a point, because that's where we're at level-wise. I don't think we should be there level-wise, and I think although Brighton are there... Um, at the moment, I still think at the end of the season, we will be ahead of Brighton in the league. So that means I want three points. So we go there now on the back of a brilliant result. And we have to keep this kind of team together, in my opinion. But more importantly, this momentum together. And he has got results. And that's what I asked of him. I wanted results, first of all. And then you want to see results with the performance. So if he can keep proving me wrong, because I'm still not convinced that this is the guy to take us to the next level. I think at the moment he's pulled himself out of a hole because he's got some wins over the line against Norwich and Burnley. And he's blown away Spurs in the North London derby. That means he's going to keep his job. So I look at the three games coming up and think they're very winnable. Brighton, Palace and Villa. That's got to be nine points for me. Palace and Villa at home should be winnable and Brighton should be winnable. Apparently they're out of where Basuma's not in, who's by far their best player. He's not in. I think he's injured for a few weeks. That's got to be good news as far as we're concerned. So there's no excuses for me, mate. This has got to be nine points from these three games next. And then we can start looking at where we are on the table and say, do you know what? We're now fifth or sixth. And that's where hopefully people are saying that we should be our target for this season. If we don't win those games and we start dropping points against Villas and Palaces and Brightons, we go straight back down and say it was great being Tottenham, but actually we ain't improved, have we? Because we're back down to 11th and 12th again now. So I think it is massive the next three games and I don't think a point is a great result. I don't think a point against Villa or Palace at home is a great result. I'm looking at how, we, how many points we can get from these next three games because honestly, Harry, I think this team that I'm looking at at the moment is very strong on paper. And it's proven that it can score goals and it can win fixtures. So I'm looking at that now, progress. I'm not looking at let's go back and see if we can nick a point up by and Villa are playing very well. So a point will be all right there. No, I want three no, points that's, against these teams. That's, that's not what I'm saying. Though. I'm not saying that we should go into the game wanting a point or that we should aim for a point. I, I'm, I'm just saying that if we do go to Brighton and the performance is to a good standard, but we don't mm. come away with all three, that shouldn't be something that means that we've gone backwards because it's a, you know, you look at Brentford, Mark mentioned Brentford a little bit earlier on and I'll bring this over to you, judge. We were furious with the way Arsenal got beaten by Brentford and the fact that Brentford gave us problems. We talked a lot about the aerial threat and the problems they caused our center halves. And then I watched Liverpool at the weekend who are one of the best teams in the country go to Brentford and have all the same issues. Liverpool were, were good enough to get something out of the game. We weren't, obviously. But do you see, the Premier League is a difficult league. And I just think that we have to make our judgments on where Arsenal, whether Arsenal are progressing or not based on a wider kind of viewpoint than just looking at, did we win this game? Yes, if we did, we're progressing. No, if we didn't, we've gone backwards. My, my, look, listen, my opinion of it is I'm a little bit like Dan. I've said all along that I think Arsenal fans at this moment in time need convincing, Harry. They need convincing, like, you know, I need convincing. Uh, a win against a poor Tottenham team, as, 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 as great as it is, hasn't convinced me that things are all, all, all right in the, in the, uh, Arsenal house at the moment. What will convince me is if you go to Brighton and you get a win, you grind out a win there. Then you get those next two games against Villa and Palace and you win them. 
then you look at it, you know, and think to yourself, right, <clears throat> we're now on a bit of a run. And I, that that is what I want to see. Like, you know, um, I, I'm not, you know, Bemiang played really, really well yesterday, scored against Spurs. They were all over the place, Spurs, you know, for whatever reason. Let's see if he can now go and do it against Brighton. Let's see if he can go and do it in the next two or three games. Start playing that same level of performance. Because in my opinion, it's easy to get yourself up for this game against Tottenham because, it, you know, atmosphere-wise and everything else. But this is a different... What what happens in the league, and, and it, it's, it, it, you, you don't play Spurs every week, it's different games every week. There's different um, um, obstacles in the way. So a different challenge every single week. The week now is to go to Brighton, which is a difficult place to go for. The challenge is to come out of there with three points. And if you're going to get places and you're going to go to... to um, to get into the Champions League and top four. But that's what the aim is. I'm not saying I'm going to do this season. You've got to start putting out benchmarks. You've got to start making things happen. And you've got to go to a team like Brighton and get a result. And uh, um, and I think that they I think that they will. I think what I see, the defence looks very like it's a sound back four now, or back five, if you want to say that there. It looks really good. One goal in four, one four, one um one um goal conceded in the last four games. And that was with 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 a player down injured, you know what I mean. So we, we're defending a lot better than what we we're saying. What it is what we need to do now is to go to Brighton and win. Brighton are not gonna are not gonna win the league. They're not gonna be even in the top four. So if you want to get in there, you know, and, and get that result. And and I I I I've always said this about Mikel Arteta. Like I'm not. I, he needs to convince me. He needs to convince me that he's the right manager for Arsenal. The way, and I've said this all along. The way that he does it is win 10 games on the spin. Try and win 10 games or stay 10 games unbeaten. Is that, sorry to cut you, Joe. Is that realistic, though? This is the point I'm trying to make because we've it's gone It's going to be bloody from, hard, Harry, isn't it? It's going to be it. bloody we, hard. We've gone, from, we've gone from losing our first three games, whatever it was, and then saying, right, Mikel needs to turn this around now. The next three games are crucial. He's won those three games, and now we're saying he needs to beat Brighton, he needs to beat Palace, he needs to beat Villa. Are, are are we asking too much of a team that have shown us already that they're not capable of stringing six or seven wins together? And therefore, no, no, are we got... setting the bar too high to, to no. for him to succeed? Listen, ten games, area. Like in those, we've, 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 I always said this: the, the, the first, the first thing he had to do, the building block, the first building block he had to do was to win those four games after the international break going into the next international. He's done three at the moment. And if he can get the fourth one, that is a great bit. Put that in the old foundations. That's a great building block. Like, you know? And then you've got Palace. And then the next thing, you've got Palace, Aston Villa, Leicester. And I think it's Liverpool. Is that my right in that? Like, you know, um, of, it, of it all there. If you can get another three, I'm not saying that you can go to Liverpool. Liverpool then is a free hit as far as I'm saying. Go there, show a bit of metal, show a performance. And I, I'm not saying that I would expect us to go and beat Liverpool, but I want to, what I want to see when we go away from Liverpool is a performance, like a performance where you walk away from the stadium going, do you know what? We was in that game. That was unlucky. We was unlucky or whatever. Like, they're a better team than us, but we give it a go. Not fold like a deck of cards like we have done at Anfield a few times. That would see me improvement. But for these next... Listen... Villa, by the way, is not going to be an easy game. Manchester United, like, you know, fouled against them. So, that's a test. And this is what we've got to do. We've got to put tests in it. The thing is, uh, and I'll say this really, Harry, is that for 20 months, I've seen 
Too many inconsistencies. Win against Man United, then not win for four or five games. This and this and that. He's had that. He's had that thing now. This is now where you start making sure you're putting the building blocks down and make sure that they're proper and getting the proper foundations down to build to go on to what we want to get back to, and that is Champions League football. But these foundations have got to be put in, and this is what I'm saying. And if he doesn't do it, you know, it's no good beating Spurs and then going losing to Brighton and then going and losing to Villa. The fans are going to turn again, like you know what I mean, because they've not been convinced, Harry. You know what I mean, like you know. No, agreed, agreed. That's I'm just. I'm just a little bit worried about us being in a place where we're we're almost setting the bar so high now in terms of going on and expecting him to win eight back-to-back Premier League games, which isn't easy for even Manchester City and Liverpool and Chelsea. And I, my worry is that are we going to set that bar too high that we're inevitably going to be disappointed and then we're going to get on his back again. Do you know what I mean? But just before we continue, let me just say a few hellos in the live chat because there's plenty of people uh, joining us. Hope you're all well. Make sure you hit the like button if you haven't done so already. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you're new and make sure you subscribe to Lee Judges TV. You can go straight over there by clicking on the link in the title. A big hello to Curtis who's joining us as well. Curtis Shaw, uh, one of the uh, best Arsenal YouTube channels out there so make sure you give Curtis a subscribe as well he says we're better than Brighton and we're playing catch up it won't be easy admittedly but we have to prove this wasn't a one-off yeah it, it's true you know we have to show that that we can keep moving and keep progressing I just I'm a little bit wary of getting carried away and saying that this team are capable of that just off the back of the last three games. That's kind of my only reservation. Um, Alex in the chat says, no tactical show for the game. Uh, there is a tactical show. It's coming out tomorrow. Um, we replaced the tactical show today with uh, an interview with Jeremy Aliadier because it came up last minute. Uh, and Jeremy joined me to talk about the North London derby, to talk about the process and everything that's going on at Arsenal. So you can check that out. It's the last video on the channel. And if you're listening via the audio, it's the last episode in the feed. Uh, big hello to uh, Fatality, to Richie, to Gunnar Russ, um, who's, uh, who's joining us. He says it right, Russ, by the way. Can I just ask him a question? Did he get home all right? He just disappeared last night. I don't know what happened to him. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So, obviously, he's got home okay, you know what I mean? But he's home. He's, he's home and he's on the computer. <laughs> you know, he must be on his computer because he can't work his phone. You know what I mean? Just saying that, like, you know? So, no, but he can't. says it right there, like, you know what I mean? We're setting the bar high. The standards have been dropped. So I think that's dead right. Spot on. Yeah, but, but, Spot on. But can you... What the point I'm trying to make is not that we shouldn't set the bar high. It's that this team, have they gone, in your opinion, from starting the the season the way they did to now being in a place where you believe they are actually capable of winning seven or eight Premier League games back to back? Depends who they're against though, Harry, doesn't it? Because if you're looking at, like, let's say, I don't know, we have Liverpool, Manchester United and um, let's say Everton in the next three then I would be probably with you. I'd be saying, don't really think we're at that level. Brighton, Palace and Villa. Come on, bro. That's not like, oh my God, this is it. We cannot expect nine points there with this team. They're just not good enough. I don't know. I would argue that they are good enough. I think that the 11 that we saw yesterday, I would say on paper, is much better than Brighton, Palace and Villa's 11. So if the manager's not good enough to get that 11, the nine points that I think it should get on paper then of course we're going to question him and not going to be convinced. So I think because of what we saw on the back end of last season with the Villarreal, absolute disaster, and then the start of this season against Brentford Palace, uh, sorry, Brentford, Chelsea and Man City in the manner that we lost those games, 
I think, of course, we need more convincing. So to scrape past 1-0 against Norwich and Burnley and then beat Tottenham, I still think we need more. That's my argument. Of course, I don't think that we will get nine points because I'm still not convinced. But I feel that we should because I think on paper we are good enough. But it's just can the manager execute it? And that's the question Mark I've got. So, Mark, if he was to get seven points from the next nine available... That's OK. Would, would you, would you be happy? It's not OK now because obviously we're like we say with the Arsenal and we've got standards and if we're going to get back to where we want to be the upper echelons of, of not just this country but European football which is where we should be if we was run properly from the top if if you know if we were getting the investment um, that the club generates um, then then we should be you know if, if we're one of the financially richest clubs in Europe then we should be competing against them we're, we're not even in the bloody competition let alone competing on the field of play with them um, so yes we should be getting nine points in the next three games but it's easier said than done in the Premier League because if you look at the recruitment of Aston Villa's football club in the last two three windows you would say that they're, well, apart from the last window, I think we've turned a corner there, actually. Um, but, yeah, Aston Villa do very good business, you know. So, and they are a good side, you know, that they are. But then there aren't many bad sides in the Premier League now, do you know what I mean? So, every game is tough, and that's why these players have got to put in the effort, like Lee says, and, you know, if they're obviously they're up for a North London derby. Christ, you shouldn't be playing professional football if you can't get up by that. Um, but they've got to go away to Brighton and be just as up for it. Otherwise, they're going to get rolled over. And if they do get rolled over, Dan is quite right. As I said, we play a similar system to Brighton, but we have, value-wise, got better assets in our squad and we should be beating them. Um, it's not Sorry. easy. But then winning the league is not easy. And sometimes you do have to win one nil away from home against Norwich and then just forget about it because this is a results business. We've got the result. Forget it. It's done. You can't keep harping on about You know what I mean? We, we, we've done the job. You know, you know, you go like I've said before many times. You can go back to '89 and look at that season. I'm sure there were some horrendous performances in that season, yeah. but we won the league, and no one gives a shit. <laughs> it's, it's how it is. Football is like that. You don't it's always, so you know, Aston Aston Villa. I mean, you take Brighton where they are in the league. So they talked about it today on, on something I was watching, listening to, what have you. You know, Brighton ain't played th that different this year to what they did last year. They just had a bit of lady luck. Yeah, Chelsea. Yeah, last year they didn't. You know, yeah. so Southampton, are they that much of a worse team than what they was last year? Well, they've sold Danny Ings, who needs two chances to get one goal. And now they've got a lad up front who needs five. That's the difference. That could get yeah. them relegated. You know, so... I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, it's fine it's, margins, isn't it? It's fine it's margins. margins. And, and that's why I've never gone overboard about the Norwich result and the Burnley results. You know, forget it's, Sorry, about did it. I just hear Lee Judges say he's never gone overboard? No, 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 that's Granite, exactly Granite Xhaka's yacht, isn't it? Lee, you dive off? Yeah, I've, yeah, I've got a Granite's guy, you know what I mean? My pal Granite and I. But no, but seriously, they were, I've always said that. They're, they're, they were stepping stones into getting that. The perform, you know, like the performance, like, you know, let's get back to yesterday's game. The performance and the result was right. That's, that's all you can say, like, do you know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, that's what it was done. But what we need now, and I, I agree with what, 
we set a bit. We set a benchmark yesterday with that performance yesterday. The work rate of all those players, Abamyang's work rate was completely different, as you said, running to different areas, running to different positions against Tottenham. Well, I want to see him do that against Brighton. I want to see him do that against Villa because if he does it against those two teams, he'll get goals. So Ulugar's work rate yesterday was absolutely phenomenal. I'll give him his credit; he's done that most games. But what I've seen from from other players, I want to see every week, like you know. But do you know what sets that off? A be a good solid foundation of a of a good back four. It's not creaky that back four at the moment, is it? And that helps. Yeah, it does. It does. I just think this season is going to be full of ups and downs. I think yes, we've sent a benchmark, but I don't know if we're going to be able to maintain that because, like you guys are unconvinced, I'm unconvinced as well. And and yeah, I just I just think if. I, I, I don't know. I just think there will be so many bumps in the road still. I still think it's going to be a difficult season for Arsenal. But fingers crossed that is the beginning of something uh, something good. Uh, just to bring you guys up to date that are watching us live at the moment, Crystal Palace are leading Brighton by a goal to nil. Wilfred Zaha converting from the penalty spot to put Paddy Vieira's men in front. Uh, for the there last... You there you go. There, there you go. go. For the last uh, 15 minutes or so, uh, we're going to do our Guna debate section. And this time it is Dan Potts's uh, turn to pick the topic. Uh, so, Dan, fire away with the topic and we'll go around each person and get their answer uh, on the uh, on the discussion point uh, before we wrap up. Cool. Cheers, Harry. Listen, this has been a really good addition to the pod. It's been saying that I've enjoyed the last couple of weeks. So I'm glad we're doing this again. Um, the question is obviously unrelated at times. It goes back, you can be reminiscing about, and it could be anything at all from Arsenal now or previously, and mine's previously. So I want to ask kind of two questions within one, really. So my first question is this. How underrated was Olivier Giroud? And how much do we miss a striker of his physical attributes right now? I don't mind who goes first, Harry. All right, I'll kick off on this one. So Olivier Giroud for me was very underrated. I thought there was there was one barren spell that he had, didn't he? Where he went, I think it was about twelve or thirteen games um, without scoring a goal, and a lot of people kind of looked at that and said that was the reason why we failed to meet our objectives this year. I actually think the the reasons were a lot deeper than that, but. With Olivier Giroud, he reminds me a little bit of Alexander Lacazette in terms of the level he's at. He's different in the sense of he's very physical, he's better in the air, he's got a different skill set. But in the sense of what he actually gives to the team is more than what he contributes in terms of goals. And that's where I compare the two. That's where I think they're similar. But to be an elite level striker, you have to do both. You have to do a bit of both. Like Aubameyang did yesterday, where he gave lots to the team. He worked hard. He ran channels. He pressed. But when the chance came his way, and that was a really difficult finish, by the way. He's not getting enough credit for The ball pulled back onto his weaker left foot. It's bobbling. It's not a clean pass from Smith Rowe. And he diverts it into the far corner. That's what a top quality striker does. And that's why we we're all waxing lyrical about Aubameyang's performance yesterday because he did all of it. It was the full package. Giroud, at times, though, only brought one side of that to the table and, and that side was more often than not the link-up thing. I think he could have scored more goals. I think under Mikel Arteta, we've seen times where we have got the ball into the box and not had that target man in there. But then Olivier Giroud limits you in other ways. You can't play on the counter-attack necessarily with Olivier Giroud like we did yesterday. He's not getting up the pitch like Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang does when he gets his head down and starts sprinting. 
I think he was underrated in the sense that a lot of Arsenal fans vented their frustrations towards him. But, you know, he's gone on and he's done some good things in the game and he's achieved great things. And I think he's a good player. I just think that Wenger had a decision to make. It was him, you know, or Lacazette. We had a Bamiyan coming in at a time as well. And that's why he moved on. And he was third in that in that list. And, and that's why I moved on. But underrated player for me. Um I'd love to have an option like Olivier Giroud, but mm. I don't think it should be your only option. Uh, so I go next, Mark? If, if, if Giroud had pace, he'd be a world, world-class striker, in my opinion. Just He just lacked that little bit of pace. I think he had everything else. He could score goals. Fantastic, editable. His touch was underrated because his hold-up play was sensational, but it was never never really given the appreciation it deserved. It's the toughest part of the game, other than scoring goals, holding the ball up with centre-half, um, challenging and all that. Like Other areas of the field, you don't get that. But ultimately, his pace just let him down from being a real world-class player. He was just, you know... And when you think about it, to be that slow and still be a professional footballer and do that, you have to have other attributes that are really, really good. And he did. You know... Um, for me, sold out a little bit because we was expecting a goal scorer after Van Persie. You know, it, it wasn't the case. He was a completely different striker when you think about it. But for me, I like Giroud. He's just um, one, one of those players that I, I really did like. But unfortunately, to go that level higher, he, he as a world-class striker, he just didn't have that pace. In saying that, he's a World Cup winner. So he's got something. Yeah, yeah, that would lead me on to my my bit about him. Really, is that we, you know, that you know, that, you know, I'm pretty sure. You know, someone's probably going to correct me, um, but I'm pretty sure when when he won the won the World Cup with France in 2018, he didn't actually score a goal. Um, he didn't have to. That wasn't what you know. What I mean, it was just odd for a uh, an international striker, but because. But, but everyone was bouncing off him and running off him, and that's what he was. He, he was a fantastic hold-up player. But, you know, we know the merry-go-round. You know, it was Giroud to Chelsea, Batswide to Dortmund, and then Aubameyang to Arsenal. Otherwise, we wouldn't have got Aubameyang because Chelsea mm. wouldn't have let Batswide go the other way. And so it, it, was a, it was a transfer merry-go-round that we had to... He was, he was sacrificed, basically. Um, but you know he single-handedly won Chelsea. Well, not single-handedly because it's a, it's, a, it's a team game, we know. But he led he led Chelsea to the uh, to the UEFA or Europa League. You know, at least we forget. Obviously, um, you know it was him. He, they, they played him, Chelsea. You know, as their reserve striker, they played him in every round of, of that competition, and he he scored the goals that got them through and ended up lifting the trophy. He's he's won. Them all, he's won it all, hasn't he? Domestically, um, FA Cups and league trophies, and you know, European Cups or Europa Leagues. He's, he's won everything. So I don't think he'll have too many regrets about his career. Would I, I was disappointed when he went. I think we've been crying out for a striker like him. I think he's an upgrade on Lacazette. Um, but you know, would Uber have thrived? With Giroud, like he has Lacazette, I don't know. Their friendship's strong, isn't it? So I liked him. I do like him. I liked him a lot. Um, yes, but you know, we had to do it to get a Bamiang, so I wouldn't change it. Good stuff, Potsy. Do you want to wrap it up, mate? 
Yeah, I'll wrap it up because I think you've all kind of touched on what I was going to, which is probably what you get for going last. But I think I agree with you, Harry, that I believe he's underrated. I do think at times we could have played 4-4-2 with Giroud and a Walker or a Podolski. I think we missed out on that at that opportunity quite a lot and I never really understood why we didn't do that. Um, I agree totally with what Lee Judges is saying, which is my most important point, which is he used the attributes that he did have to win what he did. And that's where I come to Mark. Mark's point. He won the Champions League last year, he's won the Europa League with Chelsea and he's won the World Cup since he's left Arsenal. Three of the biggest trophies you can win. He's won all three of them after leaving Arsenal. Which proves to me, after him being in the France squad ahead of the guy that we replaced him with in Lacazette, that I think we should have kept Giroud. But I totally get again where Mark's coming from because we had to let him go because otherwise we wouldn't have had Aubameyang in the kind of domino effect with Batshuayi going, Giroud going and then Aubameyang coming to us. So I totally get that. But I look at someone's technical ability like Meza Ozil and I think Giroud's won as much as Meza Ozil has and he's nowhere near technically as good in terms of as a footballer all round but actually if you look at what he did do it was so important and we are crying out in my opinion for a striker with presence at the moment we haven't got anyone to bring on the bench Eddie Nketiah Balogun Martinelli Lacazette Aubameyang none of them can do it they're all very similar Lacazette's probably the only one that's maybe a little bit more of a hold-up player, but he's nowhere near as good as Giroud in the air. I think Flick-ons, Giroud's probably the best in the world at one stage. He was that good. He was a man-mountain of a centre-forward. And I think at the time, although it was good, everyone wanted to see him go because we were going with a different style of striker. I actually think it was foolish to let somebody like that go or at least not replace him because the amount of times that we've been nil-nil and we need something different and we've not had that option. I honestly believe it was crying out at the time for that kind of striker to come on so I will say this I think he was a very good striker for Arsenal and really underrated and it doesn't go without saying the amount of goals he scored internationally he's behind only Thierry Henry I think now so of course he was underrated I think he did need to move on when he did because of course we wouldn't have had Aubameyang as I mentioned earlier but I just thought it was important to bring up, and it's ironic that we scored some goals yesterday, which is great, by the way. But at the time, we were really struggling, weren't we, in front of goal? And I thought maybe that we could have had the Kieran Tierney crosses. Imagine now with a Giroud striker, with Tierney crossing it in. We would absolutely love a Giroud in there in some games. I've seen Tierney's crossing ability. Fantastic. Even Tommy Yasu now getting forward and putting some of those balls in. I'm looking, thinking, where's a Giroud? And he's not there. So I thought it was really fitting to bring that up tonight because I'm glad you all agreed. I thought some of you may have said, nah, get rid of him. We had enough of him. He had his time. Actually, when you look at his career, he's won everything there is to win in the game. FA Cups, World Cups, Europa Leagues, Champions Leagues. This is a player we should be respecting, in my opinion, more than perhaps we do. And he's not up there with Ian Wright, Dennis Bergkamp, Thierry Henry, and maybe even Aubameyang. But he certainly will go down as a great striker, in my opinion, who at times frustrated everybody, don't get me wrong. But I do think sometimes we mismanaged him, and I blame certain uh, Arsene Wenger for that in some cases, because I don't think he was always just the one you play up top. I think we could have done more with him. I think he brought players into the game, and I think maybe Theo Walcott and Podolski and Sanchez at times weren't given enough time to play up front We're alongside him. But I certainly think he's a player that should be respected and one that I think you know is still going now and still scoring goals. So that's why I brought that question up tonight, boys. No, great points made by everybody. Fantastic points. And uh, there is a lot of, you know, there's a lot of Arsenal fans out there that didn't really like the way kind of Giroud celebrated the Europa League victory and with Chelsea and all of that stuff. Obviously, they beat us in the final. But for me, 
I mean, you join another team, you've got to be part of that team, haven't you? I, I don't really hold any grudges there, uh, if I'm being honest. But... Still scored one of the best goals I've seen at the Emirates, by the way, that scorpion <clears> kick. <throat> I don't see anyone re- yeah. replicating that. Unbelievable. Yeah, and was key in that Jack Wilshire goal against Norwich as well, wasn't he? Yeah. With the wonderful build-up play. So, yeah, yeah no, completely yeah. agree. Great stuff. Lads, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's always easier doing a podcast on a Monday, isn't it, after a big victory <laughs> like that? Um, thank you to every single one of you for tuning in. Make sure you head over to Lee Judges TV and get subscribed. As I say, if you click on the link in the title, it will take you straight there. If you're listening by the audio platforms, I will leave a link in the description. Get yourselves over there. Get subscribed. Uh, Judge, do you want to quickly tell people what they can find over on Lee Judges TV? Sell it, yeah. No, well, listen, they can find uh, my good self and Dan, obviously, on occasions there. Kevin Campbell um, hosting his own show on a Thursday night. Um, We've also got things like the uh, Night In With The Girls with Sophie from uh, the Highbury Squad. uh, At home with Granite Jacker on a Tuesday lunchtime. Yeah, um, yeah, there's there's also a piece coming out of... uh, uh, cheese and biscuits with granite jacker, like you know, so that's that should be a, a very, very good one. <laughs> yeah, just all, all sorts of different stuff we're doing, fan cams and that. So, we're trying to get people to do little, uh, little snippets after the game. Um, so all those sort of things to try and do things a little bit different. We've we done a little uh, um, trip round memory lane round the hybrid like the other day, so check that out, you know. And um, so all those sort of things, trying to do little things differently, but yeah, give it a little go and um. Hopefully see you over there at some stage. Yep, make sure you get involved. And as we said to you guys a couple of weeks ago, uh, we're continuing to podcast together. Obviously, the same old Arsenal show is is no more, uh, but we are all getting together every Monday and we're going to be rotating it between the two channels. Uh, so make sure you're subscribed to both, basically. That yeah. way you'll never miss, uh, you'll never miss an episode. Uh, but thanks to Mark. Thanks to Dan. Thanks to the judge. We're going to uh, head off and we'll catch you all very, very soon. Until next time. Goodbye. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.